Before we get started, I want to let everyone know that this episode is brought to you in parts by Joe's Pizza Shop. Folks, we all know the holiday season can get hectic with work parties and family get-togethers every other night, it seems. And there isn't always time to cook up a full bird or arrange a fancy charcuterie board for your friends, miss. That's where Joe's Pizza Shop comes in. Head on over to their new location at 8154 Jean d'Arc Boulevard to grab an assortment of various pizza pies and pull up to the get-together like an absolute hero. The in-laws will thank you later. Happy holidays from the team at Joe's Pizza Shop. Now enjoy the episode. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. Hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about our tips for uh, mental health, health throughout the uh, the colder months and um, hopefully like I said we gave you some good different um, perspectives and maybe um, ways of coping with these um, times in that episode. So now for episode 125 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited of course to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. So what's up the people? What's going on everybody? Hope you're having a great day right now. A great month of December. I'm excited for tonight's episode. It's going to be a really fun episode. It's a topic that's near and dear to both me and Eric. And so, Eric, why don't you tell everybody what we're going to be talking about today? Absolutely. If you're watching on the YouTube, you can see I'm donning the armor of a Lebanese Santa Claus with the Santa hat right now. So we're going to be going over the Christmas season, more specifically the Christmas movies, which we have done in our Holiday special back in 2020, episode 50 exactly. So 75 episodes ago was the last time that we really did a deep dive on the Christmas season. So if you want to check that one out, great episode, go check it out. But for this one, like I said, we're going to be focusing on the Christmas movies and specifically doing a draft of the best of the best out there in the Yule times and just try to uh, put together the best roster we each can. So Matt and I... Don't know if we want to do snake draft for this. Probably fair that we do it that way. We'll see who's picking first or second. Instead of whipping the wheel out for this one, I thought of something different. (laughs) Matt, I have a number between one and two in my head. And just so the people watching on YouTube, like and subscribe if you are watching, you can attest that I'll actually be showing the number that's in my head. So Matt, if you'll Mm. be so kind as to maybe close your eyes for two to three (laughs) seconds... Just I'll put the number up. All right. You're good to make your guess now, Matt. Two. Two. Unfortunately, number one <laughs> was the number that I had up. No, oh, I'm, just, wow. I'm just kidding, Matt. It was number two. You got it. So, oh, okay. <laughs> was, Do I get to decide? Yeah, Do I it, get to decide or I just... Okay. Exactly. So you choose now if you want to pick first or second and third. So your call. I want I want you to pick first. I'll pick second, third. Yep, that's a, a good call. Honestly, I, <laughs> like that first overall pick is pretty tough because in my books, there's a ton that can go in here. So if you get two, yeah. three, you basically get two number one movies. I don't really think there's a wrong answer with them first overall. I know I'm losing. No. I know I'm losing a, at least a movie that I would want if I take this one, but I'm gonna go with them. An all-time classic, honestly, one that um, plays for children and adults alike in that you can cater to different audiences, pulling from even fans of the 
gangster movie genre and bringing on a legend of his own right in there. So I'm going to be picking Joe Pesci's Home Alone first overall. Nice. Solid. That was going to be, that that was, yeah, I was going to go with that one. Keep talking about Home Alone for a bit, but like, that was like maybe my number one. Yeah. I think it's a kind of, it's an obvious pick. It's the one that's maybe pandering to the masses. But like I said, it works as number one so well because it does just that. Anyone can enjoy Home Alone. It's it has humor for kids in that seeing the the wet bandits just get demolished by our uh, by our favorite Kevin out there <laughs> at the end. But that that same comedy still works for me now as a 29 year old watching that. It still absolutely floors me every single time. I know it's coming, and I feel like with age i'm starting to sympathize more with the wet bandits and what they're going through even though they're scum of the <laughs> earth honestly they're horrible people objectively you just feel bad for seeing them seeing them going through this mental and physical torture at the hands of young kevin but um home alone uh, it's an all-timer a lot of good moments um with the family just a pretty very poor family towards Kevin. Like some of the behavior towards him is unrealistic as to how like the extents to which they go to exclude him and make him feel like he is the problem and the reason that Christmas is ruined and all that. And um, it's just an age old question of like when you're young, you wish like, Oh, I wish my family wasn't around. And then the mom even says like, well, you'd be pretty sad if we did disappear. And then that's exactly what happens, which for at first it's like the ultimate vacation. Like, Oh, I'm a kid. I have this house myself. It's Christmas time, a bunch of sweets. I can do whatever I want. Watch movies that I'm not supposed to watch. But after a certain time, you start to get sad and miss the people that you maybe didn't realize you loved as much as you do or should have. So uh, good messages in there. And that's what I love about the Christmas movies in general that we're going to talk about. There's always amazing and sentimental moments and messages in them. So great family values and stuff. And would be remiss if I didn't mention John Candy as well. Electric mm-hmm. performance. It was all improv. I'm pretty sure they shot that in like a day. Wow. The Poca Poca King of the Midwest. I believe is what he's known as but yeah so home alone number one that's a fantastic selection eric i just watched it the other day five stars i was gonna say that one if you weren't saying it as number one the reason i didn't choose to pick first and pick home alone is i want to lock in the next two my next two picks but to know home alone has everything the pacing is is fire like it it's not bored like it's one classic scene after another that we all know and love yes the ending like once once the traps start, that's like the highlight. But honestly, the whole movie is a highlight to me. Home Alone one, much superior than like far superior than Home Alone two. Uh, it's a it's a great pick, Eric. For my first pick, I'm gonna go with the Christmas movie that I've seen the most amount of times. Seeing this every year since I was like 12 or 13 years old. I know you recently watched it, Eric, and it does get better and more charming every time you rewatch it. And I've seen this countless times. It's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, locking that in right now. Chevy Chase's Comedy Gold. Like I said, every little scene in the movie is charming to me. Like I last year watching it with my girlfriend, we recited the whole movie, like the dialogue. We were kind of like competing against each other who like could quote it perfectly. Um, I love this movie, guys. Like 
it's to me like every like it, it it's rapid fire pace to cousin Eddie Randy Quaid Randy Quaid hilarious the parents hilarious just everything about it I understand if you haven't grew up on Christmas vacation you might find it like you might not understand all the little like the little side jokes and like stuff that only after like the 20th or 30th time you're like oh yeah I noticed this thing but uh, no Christmas vacation to me is a perfect Christmas movie because of Chevy Chase and the whole family and just the the, the, the slapstick comedy, everything about it I love. Uh, what do you think of the movie, Eric? Yeah, so for me, it's pretty much a new age Christmas movie that I didn't really grow up watching. Like I had seen it maybe in the past at our Jiddu in situ's house um, in the basement. Jiddu just laughing hysterically at Chevy Chase's antics. Like even stuff like the car chase at the beginning of the movie, like flying mm. off the snowbank and like just like him like this stupid idiot and stuff like that. Like it's that kind of comedy caters to a lot of um, a lot of people, and I find it hilarious as well. And um, yeah, Randy Quaid, cousin Eddie. I remember not being a fan of him, so I've only seen it. I want to say twice in full, like with Andy in the last few years. Like mm. it's her movie or one of her favorite Christmas movies. So. I've um, just really started to get into the swing of watching it. And Cousin Eddie, I didn't really love him the first time I watched it, but this year I found him really funny, especially the scene where they're out at the um, department store wherever. And then (laughs) Chevy Chase offers to buy his daughter um, some Christmas gifts and all that for his family. And he's like, oh, you didn't have to. I insist we're family. He's like, well, if you insist, here's this list. Like he has a list handy just ready to go. And like, it was pretty funny. And yeah, Chevy Chase went. Yeah. Julie Louis Dreyfus and her boyfriend or husband there. They have good yeah. interactions in the movie. Like, oh, where are you gonna put that big Christmas tree? Bend over and I'll show you. Just stuff like that. It's uh, <laughs> some pretty good stuff. Absolutely, cousin Eddie outside in his bathrobe. Merry Christmas. Shitters full. Yeah, <laughs> Shitters. stuff like that. And like that, the actual Christmas Eve night, like when the extended family comes over and it's like the tree burns, all that nonsense, like that's funny stuff. And like, like I said, I, if I can remember the dialogue, it's because it's well written and memorable. Great stuff. Um, I had to like include it in my top two. The next movie, I'm going to say my second pick is is already a future. It's already a classic in my opinion. It's 20 years old this year. It's Elf with Will Ferrell. I absolutely love this movie, okay? It grows on me every time I watch it. I watched it when it came out and I watched 20 years later still, guys, and it's charming. I love I love James Caan as the dad. I like um I forget her last name, but Mary Steenburgen, I think, but as the mom, she's great. Will Ferrell kills it. Uh I just like Elf. I don't know. Every time I watch it, just flies by. Um, I particularly like like the whole like Buddy, like Will Ferrell as Buddy. Like he's so naive. Like he believes everything he's saying, and he sells the character. Like this movie went to work without Will Ferrell. He truly believes what he's saying, and it works beautifully. Even like talking to um, Peter Dinklage, uh, the scene with Peter Dinklage, which is great. I don't know. There's a lot of classic stuff, too. It's a movie that will always be remembered, in my opinion. A Christmas movie that will always be remembered. Um, yeah, Zoe Deschanel's great in it. I like the department. Like, when he works at the department store, that whole scene with the fake Santa. And the, the manager of that department store is hilarious, too. Um, I can quote all his lines. I don't know. Elf, I really like Elf. I'm not... Don't remember your stance on Elf too, too much, Eric. I'm pretty sure you like the movie, but do you love it like I do? Oh, yeah. I love Elf. Okay. I was debating taking it first overall, honestly. Like, I 
I'm regretting it a bit, but knowing that you were going to take Home Alone makes it a bit easier to stomach. Like, I was pretty much between those two and another one that mm. I'm most likely going to take in this run of movies. But no, Elf is one of the goats, in my opinion. It's one of my favorites. It's 100% a classic. I think it has been for a while, honestly. Crazy that it's 20 yeah. years now. As soon as you said it's 20 years old today, I'm like, I know, I know Elf is gone now. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it was obvious, but no, I absolutely love it. It flies by too, like a lot with it, which I feel like is the case with a lot of these Christmas movies. They're all like an hour and a half long. They never really take a break. You're just, there's always yeah. some sort of festivities going on, like snowball, snowball fights. Like the moment where Michael and Buddy become brothers is a, a legendary scene where he's just rapid fire machine gun <laughs> Kellying out there. Um, yeah. The jump shot at the end, like diving. Um, yeah, no, just a lot of gold stuff in there. And another character that I've appreciated more, and I'm saying this with them, like the Wet Bandits, like as you get older, you appreciate other different characters that you're maybe not supposed to like as a kid. Walter Hobbs, hysterical. James Caan. Yeah. Like, I, I remember never liking his character at all when I was a kid, but now I find a lot of the stuff that he says pretty funny. Like, you you can under, kind of understand him now as a an executive yeah. who is all business and then has this grown man dressed as an elf claiming to be his son who rolls up into his life during a busy time of the year, stressful, like the holidays, the last thing many of us would want, honestly. And then you get his wife who's all ears, super ecstatic about this. And um, it's definitely something that would be shocking to many of us. So you can sympathize with where he's coming from and stuff. Yeah, and, but whereas like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, you should just accept him right away. It's your son. Like, what are you doing, man? No wonder you're on yeah. the naughty list. So anyway, it's just really uh, cool to see how your perception flips a bit and like how you can find and like a character a little funnier that you did when you were a kid. No, Elf, great movie. Santa Claus too. The actor who plays him in there is great. Like, I'm getting too old for this stuff. Or just, like, the Central Park Rangers. Like, the, they're kind of like the, the nine, the ring rates in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's kind of how I yeah. always uh, liken them, too. I don't know if that like that's an explicit comparison that they're kind of making in there, but that's always where yeah. our minds went. But, no, Elf, classic. The, the sing-along at the end, yeah. too. Like he sees you when you're like when everyone just slowly starts chiming yeah. into the music. It's it's kind of cringe, but good at the same time. Yes, even the guards at the Empire State Building are funny. They have like two scenes when they escort Buddy out those two right. times. Yeah. Just stuff like that. Just like every little thing is good in the movie, like that. And when he buys Walter lingerie, like he yeah. thinks a gift <laughs> yeah. for a special someone, like classic and. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? You know, like when he answers the phone, like it's, it's good shit. Did you know also that the um, the scene in Gimbal's, when he goes there for the first... No, I think it's just the scene in New York when Buddy gets to New York for the first time. I just found this out a few weeks ago. Was all done like man on the street style. They had a few cameras oh. and just filmed Will Ferrell doing his thing. <laughs> in unsuspecting New York. Like it wasn't a closed set. So a lot of the reactions wow. on a lot of those scenes are from genuinely confused citizens of New York. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case for all the scenes, but I know that when he's going through like the turnstile or um, the revolving yeah. doors in one of the buildings, they're just like, what is going on here? Like, who is this freak running in here? And I'm not sure if it's the same for like the 
congratulations, like best coffee. But some of those scenes, I know that they're all like it's improv and they didn't know it was a part of a movie. So just, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. So no, great Love pick. Even more. Great pick. Thanks. Now it's already starting to dwindle down in terms of the great Christmas movies. And that's kind of the, where as yeah. we go further down the line, you're going to see that there's a steep drop off. So I'm going to nab, we'll obviously go through them one at a time there, but I'm going to go with what for me is probably my personal favorite movie. I didn't want to take it at one because I figured I could get it at number four, which I just watched the other day, five out of five Christmas movie in my books, the Santa Claus with them. Um, mm. Uh, Scott Calvin, a.k.a. Tim Allen. I blanked on his name for a second. <laughs> Good pick. So this is a movie that I, for the longest, for as long as I can remember, is a movie we've watched at Christmas. There's Again, this is going to be, I guess, a broken record here for me, but stuff I just keep appreciating more as I'm older, which is specifically Tim Allen in this. I keep finding him funnier and funnier with subsequent viewings. Like that sarcastic comedy just hits and I think now with having subtitles on I'm catching a lot more of these lines that not only Scott Calvin says but all the characters say like for example at the end and this isn't necessarily a hilarious line or anything there but at the end of the movie when Neil the psychiatrist finally recognizes well they finally sees that um, Scott is Santa and he when he's flying in the sky over everybody and he kneels down to Charlie and says like I'm sorry, Charlie, you were right all along, blah, blah, blah. And then Charlie says, that's okay, Neil. You were just denying your inner child. And I always thought the line was like, it's okay, Neil. You're just a nine-year-old child or something like that. Like I never really mm. caught what that line was. And then then it makes sense that Neil would say, like, you're going to make a great psychiatrist one day because he's using terms like you're denying your inner child. Like what nine-year-old talks like that kind of thing. So just stuff that I'm picking up more as with subtitles and then with age too, but great stuff. Scott Calvin, like I said, the sarcasm, pretty much every single scene he's killer with. Yeah. I mean, his order at the, um, when he comes into the office, like bloated in the sweat suit, sweatpants suit, <laughs> just like every single dessert known to mankind, the ice cold milk. Um, yeah, no, there's good, good stuff in there. Bernard also great character. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So no, the Santa Claus would be my pick. Also, a movie that just flows very smoothly. Hour and a half, tight running time. Love it. Amazing pace. I love the Santa Claus too. I had it on VHS growing up. Probably missed half the dialogue. Also, I was a kid, so I didn't probably didn't understand half the jokes. I like. I feel so bad. You feel bad at the beginning, you know. Like he's trying to do a lot for his kid. His lay ruins dinner. They go to Denny's. Yes. Like, all that stuff to me was a little, like, heartbreaking as a kid. I was like, holy shit, this guy's not a good dad. Or, But, like, now you sympathize more with him. He wants to, he's trying his best, right? Yeah. Uh, I love the, like, the whole it takes place within a year. Like, you see the progression. I like that. I love when, like, he first becomes Santa Claus, gets to the North Pole. Like, all that. I remember vividly as a kid watching that and being like, this is a really great movie, you know? I forget the little girl elf name, but she's like escorting him around or giving him hot chocolate. I haven't seen this in a in a hot minute actually. Uh, due to rewatch this year, due for a rewatch for sure. Check Solid pick, Eric. Till, t Tim Allen's great. Um, maybe be popping up later on in another movie. Who knows? Um, but yeah, good pick. Solid. I knew you'd pick that in your next two. I had a feeling. 
curious what your next one is though i mean yeah i mean there's one that i don't think i'm gonna get if i wait on this and might be a controversial pick this early in terms of what is or isn't a christmas movie but i think we're both on the same page that it is and i don't know if this would slide past you and it's one of my favorites so i'm going die hard no questions Mm. asked here this might be seen as a high pick for some people and in terms of what else is around but die hard has been since i've been a, a young adult i would say like a christmas movie in our family and i've talked about it before in that it's like not only an amazing Christmas movie, it's just an incredible action and comedy movie as well. Features one of my favorite action heroes of all time, John McClane. But yeah, it's just a very cool setting in a, the most different Christmas movie we have so far and probably one of the most different ones of all time in terms of the great movies that people cite as Christmas movies. The action's off the hook. Legendary character in Hans Gruber as well. The setting is sick. The Nakatomi Towers... The dialogue, Mm. razor sharp. Just to go back to Gruber, like all the comparisons and quotes that he draws from historical figures are very impressive, right? Like he's a intimidating character. And um, just seeing like the the ho-ho-hos, I have a gun now, I have a machine gun now. I'm trying to think if there's other specific lines of dialogue that mention Christmas in terms of like the action scenes too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else needs to be said on Die Hard I think, like I said, we agree it's a Christmas movie, and yeah, I got to have sure. it on my board, so Die Hard, third pick. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's a Christmas movie. I I didn't know if it was going to pop up this early. Um, saying I could have waited. Like, we, we talked about it during our action episode. Like, John McClane is hilarious. Like, the line you spat out last time, like, when he gives Hans the gun without yeah. the uh, bullets, and he's like, you think I'm stupid? Like, anyways. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie for me, not only because it's set on Christmas, but, like, the whole, like, he's trying to save his wife, rekindle with his wife, and it's 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 not too dark and depressing, the movie. You know, it's an action comedy. It's got a good, upbeat ending. The hero, you got a good triumphs over evil. Everything's great at the end. The only, like, yeah, it's in L.A. Like, there's not really, like, a snowy setting, but, like, it doesn't matter. It's it's 100% a Christmas movie. Just a phenomenal, not just action and comedy, just a phenomenal movie, period. It transcends the genre. And Bruce Willis is perfect in it. Um, Solid pick, Eric. Like, I thought you were going another, like, you're going to see which one I pick. I thought you were going to go with this one, but uh, I definitely want to die hard on my list. I'm not going to lie. It's it's on my, like, long list, so I got to have to scratch that off now. Good pick. I guess I went for it too high. Yeah. All right, I'm just I'm just going to go for this one cuz I think this one is almost as good as the original. I'm picking my uh, the first sequel on the list. Um I'm picking Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. I rewatched it. This movie is almost just as good as the first one. I I honestly think the finale with the traps is better than in part 1, but the pacing and middle of the movie is not as tight and cleaned up as part 1. Like it, it drags it maybe slightly. Um, but Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern equally as funny. Kevin lost in New York. I like all the little like side quests he's going to, the little side act, side adventures he's having. Um, like I said, the traps to me are better than part one. Like they're funnier, more laugh out loud. This movie too, same message at the end, you know. But 
you got to wonder, like, how the hell are you losing the same kid for a second time? You got to believe into all those plot holes. There's a million plot holes in the Home Alone movies. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Um, yeah, I like this one a lot, Eric. I mean, are, do you, are you high on Home Alone 2 as well? So I've only seen it the one time a few years ago, actually. I think it was in anticipation of our last Christmas episode that we did. So episode 15, mm. 2020. And I yeah. did enjoy it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, to be honest. Normally just because, like you said, sequels, or like we all know, sequels to beloved movies, first overall pick caliber movies, they tend to have high expectations and not always deliver on the, on meeting those mm. expectations or being close to the, same, the first one. This one definitely wasn't yeah. that far off the mark of the first. And like you said, it can be debated that the traps are even better in the second one. My thing with the traps, I thought they were a little too over the top in the sense that I understand it's a movie. You accept, like, you um, suspend disbelief. But what I do like a lot about the first one is that, okay, a lot of them are over the top as well. The It's believable that, like, these guys aren't dying from these injuries or, like, are able to I fight see. back. Whereas in this one, I think, like, there's a couple of times like these dudes should have been dead like six feet yeah. under when this when Kevin was done with them, like the bricks from the seat from the, <laughs> from the rooftop if I'm remembering correctly. I want to say Marv yeah. gets electrocuted to his to his bone marrow in this movie, and if I'm remembering correctly, does do they not get like squished by like an armoire or something like that like a yeah, tool chest yeah, yeah there we go so a bit much but it is funny <laughs> like that kind of stuff in movies is definitely some good comedy it, like you said i'm pretty sure it's a long movie too that goes like maybe even over two hours but you got the bird lady in the mix just yeah. comedy gold with every single look to the camera she was she brought it <laughs> unsung hero in that one so no it's a good pick for sure i i like it but that'd be my critique of it is i think that it, it gets mm -hmm. a little too lost in the sauce maybe at the end and like you said like horrendous parenting on the the McAllister's part oh, yeah. like i want to say they're like cracking jokes about losing him in the airport yeah. again like uh no it's not i don't even know what they said i saw it three years ago but just yeah. brutal parents. They're what the French should call les incompetents. Oh, they're the ones, exactly. And yes, it's Looney Tunes and Three Stooges at the end of this one. It's like, it's so fake, but that's what I like. They went like, they like they they didn't jump the shark to me. They, they like this, the third and fourth one to me is where the franchise goes downhill. But like, I, I okay. What do you do with a sequel? You make everything bigger and bad and bigger and better and like just dial it to eleven. Just it doesn't matter. Go all out and it. And also, I want to mention Tim Curry as the hotel clerk and there's Rob Schneider and the lady. Like they're all hilarious trying to catch him in the hotel and like when the mom confronts him, Catherine O'Hara confronts him. Like, how did you not like? What did you not like? didn't you confront Kevin? Like, didn't you try to catch him? And he's like, oh, he slipped by us. And it's like, you let like an 11 year old get by you? Like, how, how does that happen? Like, it's just funny. Just, I don't know. And, and Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, a little like scarier and pissed off in this movie. You know, he's got a gun. He's, he just wants to bite his fingers off. Like he says a lot. <laughs> Anyways, Home Alone 2, equally almost as good as the first one. Now my uh, for my fourth pick, I'm going with I'm going all the way back to the '40s. I'm going with a Christmas classic. I've talked about this movie a bunch of times on the podcast, but it's been forever. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. 
I'm going with It's a Wonderful Life with James Stewart. This movie, only the last 30 minutes is like the Christmas part. Like the, the climax is set on Christmas. But this whole movie is about a man who sacrifices everything for his family. Sacrifices everything for his brother. For He sacrifices his personal happiness to help others. And something we should all like strive to be doing. Not being selfish and like helping others out. Um, everything culminates in that climax where he's faced with severe, like a big problem and he doesn't know what to do. And then the angel comes and that's where you get basically the last like 30, 40 minutes and he gets to look back at his life, what his life would have been if he'd never existed. Um, and it's super uplifting at the end. I'm, I'm not going to describe the whole movie cause you should, everyone should see it or has seen it. Um, it's just a very powerful message in this movie. Um, basically like having friends and having doing things for others it, it's good karma and it comes back and pays you back in the end at the end of the day you know you're not going to you're not you're at your funeral you don't get to bring a u-haul with you and all your things you know life's all about helping other people so uh, it's a wonderful life is one of my favorite movies of all time forget christmas movies just period like just one of my favorite movies period um have what are your thoughts on the movie eric I still haven't seen it, honestly. So okay. I, I did listen to our old episode there, episode 50, holiday special. Check it out. Um, I'm just going to keep plugging that one as well. And um, you did talk highly of it back in that episode. So I do, it's pretty fresh in my mind what the messaging about the, of the movie is. But no, I still haven't seen it, honestly. I'm not sure if it's on any streaming platform. I would, um, should look to check it out, but haven't had the chance yet, so... It sounds like very powerful stuff in there and um, mm -hmm. some perhaps perception changing messages in there on how you should treat people and uh, look to be seen by other people too, right? By your actions. And um, so no, 100%. Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, it's, I, I figured you'd pick that one. Uh, I didn't know when, but I knew it was going to be on, on your list. Mm. So good stuff. Now, I got a two back to back here where for me, this is probably the last run of movies that I'm, I can truly speak on before I start making reaches and like movies I've seen a couple of times and then even dipping into different like questionable picks. Like you thought Die Hard was questionable. There's even way worse on my list, but I will go with one, uh, another sequel. You mentioned it earlier. I'm hundred percent. I have to take the Santa Claus two. Mm. That's another nice. one of my favorites. I think it's, if we, when we did our sequel episode with Justin Mocktinger, great episode, check that out as well. That is another one of my favorite sequels if we're taking out like the, f the big franchises, right? Like your Marvels, your um, Star Wars, all that stuff, Lord of the Rings. So the Santa Claus 2, I think, does what any good sequel does, builds, the, um, builds on the universe in that in this one we're introducing a lot of mythological creatures <laughs> or characters i should say yeah i know the holiday yeah. spirit like you got the easter bunny cupid mother nature the sandman i know they're not extremely important in the movie there but i'm just talking about how it gets bigger and then you got the mrs claus in there so he's got to find a wife everything's just sped mm -hmm. up like you said in the santa claus you you get you get a year to see this character development but in this one it's really sped up, and I forget exactly how many months, but not that many. It's If anything, it could be down to a matter of days in that they only have the month of December for um, Scott to find a wife. And there's um, a lot That's of, right. again, funny moments in there, 
about um like I like also the relationship now between Charlie or no between Scott and Neil and Laura where there's a lot more conflict in the first one over like the the parenting with Charlie and how he's like making Charlie seem delusional and Scott then goes delusional and playing into the Santa Claus character now they all know he's Santa so it's a, a really cool family vibe that they got going on Principal yeah. Newman good addition to the cast as well stern yet has some charm to her as well used to believe in santa claus and uh scott's just trying to build that back into her and then swindle himself a wife in the nick of time and you get the toy santa claus who's a dynamic foil to our main character as well so um just up all night thinking about all those rules. Just a strickler for the rules if there ever was one. So I do. I don't really love what they did with Bernard in this one, though. I will say, like in the first one, he's a maybe more dry character, and I would say cooler. In this one, he's just a total wing nut and like a goofball. They really make him look really cheesy. Like, and yeah. I think that sums it up really. I don't need to get into details here. So kind of. Um, besmirched the great name that was Barabbas in our uh, favorite head elf. So Santa Claus 2, no-brainer in my books. Yeah, I, I, I have an early memory of watching this movie with you and Zach, Eric, maybe babysitting you guys like back in the day. That's when I was first introduced to the movie. Like it's really clear memory in my mind. I really like this movie too. I have a lot of nostalgia for it as well. You, you hit the nail on the head. I don't know what else to add to that. It's a great sequel. I don't, sadly, the third one did not up it, like, did not live up to the hype. Like, the second one did a great job of following the Santa Claus, which was a huge hit and a great movie. So, that doesn't happen often. So, uh, great pick, Eric. That was going to nab that one eventually. So, like you said, tipping your hat in that Santa Claus 3, not great, horrible movie. I'm not picking it either. <laughs> very disappointing. I've only seen it the one time in theaters. Was very let down by it. And just looking at reviews on it today, like it's sitting at like a 17% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's as bad as it gets. And um, I just remember not being a fan of really any of the characters in the movie. I didn't like Martin Short as Jack Frost, if that's even who he plays. Um, Yeah. yeah, It just wasn't it. Speaking of wasn't it, just to close out this, this series, I guess, the new show they got on Disney Plus is just putrid. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know if it hits for kids or something. Maybe if I saw it as a kid, same with the Mighty Ducks show that they made on Disney Plus was not it for yeah. me. But maybe I'm just not the target audience anymore. But yeah, no, that's the Santa Claus is show, I think is what it's called. Don't know how it got renewed for a second season, but I, I think they're axing it after this one. So don't bother. Have you seen it, Matt, actually? <laughs> actually, I have not. I'm just going off with like what my sisters told me and... Okay. Everyone that's watched it, so... No, I haven't seen it. I can't pull that trigger. Okay. Good call. Okay, so last pick for me now until we throw it back to you. I'm going to go... So I'm in between a couple, but I think the one that makes the most sense in that I saw it the most as a kid. Haven't seen this movie in a long time, but, you know, maybe this this one speaks to an older generation, the parents who... um threw this on in the VHS with their kids to watch. I don't know. I don't think it's a very long movie either, so very digestible. Maybe a bit creepy to some, but I remember this is one we watched all the time. 
I'm going How the Grinch Stole Christmas, mm-hmm. the animated version, not oh. the Jim Carrey version. Nice. Which I feel like maybe we'll see later. Who knows? But I'm definitely going animated over Jim Carrey here. Classic. I'm a fan of that kind of animation. Well, I'm a fan of any kind of animation, honestly, in movies and TV. And there is something, I think, kind of charming about that like 2D kind of hand-drawn and um, computer-animated, though, that just moves like that and nice colors. Good message at the end, too. Like, the Grinch is a character that is a grouch obviously it's in the name hates christmas <laughs> but there is some pain there and he has a tragic backstory and i think they explore that more in the the jim carrey version but that's a movie i haven't seen in such a long time and it, it wasn't really a classic for us so you can take it in the last round if you want matt because i ain't taking it but all right <laughs> this one this one is uh one that we always watched like i said i haven't seen this in like pff, probably 20 years honestly but when I was going through the list of movies, I'm like, you know what? Let's go How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And um, just because I saw it so many times. The only scene I can vividly remember right now is him pushing his sleigh up that tiny mountaintop that I don't know how it could support anything. It's like a, you could it's a pin if there ever was one. And, yeah. and his heart growing bigger. I think those are like the heartfelt, pun intended, moments in the movie mm-hmm. where he finally turns it around and he saves the citizens of Whoville or Uville. I think Whoville, though. Yeah. But, yeah, and then him just stealing all the gifts, you know. It's all coming back to me slowly. I might have to watch this this year. So, yeah, that's my pick, fifth one. It's a great pick. I watched that. It's a short film, we'll say, but it's I watch it every year. So easy to watch. Narrated by horror icon Boris Karloff. He's got a great voice. He like narrates the doc the the quotes from the book. Amazing. Actually, there's no dialogue in the movie. It's just narration. It's amazing. It's like when the Grinch is like sneaking through the houses and he's like a little snake like sneaking around. Like it's a, it's a great great film. Um, to be honest, it kind of escaped my mind for this list. Maybe I was only thinking of like live action stuff or i don't know you kind of snuck that one by me eric and i i kind of like that you did that because i don't even know if i would have thought of it but uh good stuff i'm definitely gonna watch it this year i watch it every year my uh girlfriend's daughter loves it she likes all the grinch movies actually that's actually my next pick is the animated grinch movie with benedict cumberbatch no i'm just just joking not so high on that one there is a a second animated movie though I was gonna um, say, isn't it but, Benedict Cumberbatch? Is that the twenty eight? Is that the twenty eighteen one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's animated, and it's not. It's the third, like, it's the third best after the animated, the one you just picked, and the Jim Carrey one. Mm-hmm. Um, it might only be the third one too ever. <laughs> so, um, okay, my number, my my fifth pick. I'm going with a classic Christmas story that's been done literally a thousand times. Now, which version of the story am I going to take? So the story, the the story that's been done a thousand times is a Christmas Carol, meaning the this the Ebenezer Scrooge character being visited by the ghosts of the present, the past, and the future. And the version I'm going to pick is a little different. I'm going to go with the Bill Murray Scrooged from the '90s because I think Bill Murray is amazing in this movie as like a prick and a dick at the beginning. I like how it's in the, like the TV industry. Um, I like like the setting of the movie. They modernized everything. 
That's why I'm picking Scrooge. It's a classic tale of, you've seen this a hundred times, a classic of like prick at the beginning, then he sees the light, but how, how he, how it happens in the movie with the ghosts and like them like explaining and showing to him like what he's causing and what he he's done. You know, we could all like, I, if we could all look back and like see our behavior, we might be appalled too at some stuff. I'd like to think I'm like, we're nowhere near like an Ebenezer Scrooge, but we know people that are, you know, so it's a classic story. Scrooge is a really good nineties movie. Actually. Uh, it's a really good Bill Murray movie. Bill Murray's perfect for this role. Cause you just want to punch him in the face. He's got that face, you know, everyone loves Bill Murray, but he can be like play an asshole perfectly in a prick. So, uh, have you seen Scrooge Derek? Yep. Saw it the one time a few years ago now, I did like it, actually. I remember it, my parents had it on the VHS. I don't know if we ever tried watching it as a family, but or they might have just known that we wouldn't really be like at the age to appreciate or, or enjoy it at all, honestly. So never, yeah, like I said, I don't really remember watching it with them, but I remember seeing that box cover at our house back in the yeah. day. But no, I liked it a lot, honestly. It was funny, good messages, like you said. And I don't know about that Bill Murray take. I think he's... He's not loved, is he? Like, I feel like people think he's kind of an asshole or he is, he is an ass and maybe gets away with it. I don't know. Maybe that's like, I'm getting him mistaken with Chevy mm. Chase. I think they both kind of have that known like attitude and maybe Bill Murray they do. can get away with it a bit more because like, like you said, he is looked at as someone who's like, Oh, I love Bill Murray and all his movies. So I'll look past the attitude or whatever. But he, uh, yeah, I did a great job in this. I had a feeling you were going to, when you started talking about this character, was there one though that you would have, and maybe you'll take it later on there, but in my mind, like when I think of that character, Ebenezer Scrooge, like that's the movie I think of right away, Scrooged. Yeah, me, like I've watched the old classic from the 40s, but like that's super dated. That's the one my mom watched. It's called A Christmas Carol and it's, it's super short movie. Like it gets right to the point. I prefer like more of a story like in Scrooged. Um, but I think, I think you nailed it with Bill Murray. There has been like the older he's getting, he's making more comments and like not coming off as coming off kind of as a jerk in interviews and stuff. But like so many people loved him in the eighties and late seventies that like we, we get a free pass from us. Chevy Chase doesn't get a free pass. Like he apparently he's an asshole too. Kind of like his character and community. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we going to keep going? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Okay. This episode is also brought to you by the Senator's Sermon. As you all know, there's always stuff happening on and off the ice with this team, and the writers, staff at the Senator's Sermon will diligently continue to share their insight and at times controversial opinions throughout the season. The writers do their best to widen their reach with a variety of gifts used in each post, ranging from a reliable Thanos to a feisty Sammy Sweetheart. Go to Senator's Sermon wordpress.com and subscribe to their newsletter to ensure that you don't miss a single blog now enjoy the episode okay so my next movie i'm i'm going into the horror genre now i've waited long enough okay this is a christmas horror classic and it's not that old it's like from 2015 i think it's called krampus what makes this movie is the clever, the, the funny writing and the the characters in the movie you got adam scott and tony collette as one couple and then the brother is played by David Koechner, which an, like he's a hilarious actor, you know, from Anchorman and among like a million other movies. Just their banter at the beginning when the family comes over, the two families meeting, uh, 
is like almost like Christmas vacation-esque. It's just like super funny dialogue. And before any of the horror starts in the movie, you get like a Christmas vacation-esque vibe. You know, the cousins don't really like each other. The the couples don't really like each other. You got um, Bertha from Two and a Half Men, the housekeeper lady. She's like the old aunt in the movie. She's hilarious, says like funny things. and But then it turned into a horror movie with like, it's a fantasy horror movie, you know, like there's Krampus, who's like the anti-Santa Claus, comes during a blizzard, and then it becomes really like scary. But then the movie switches tones yet again to more comedy horror with over-the-topness, which to me works perfectly, makes the movie not boring. There's tonal, tonal switches, like I said, but it, it all the notes hit in the movie, and it, it becomes funny again. It becomes horrific, but kind of funny. Um... And the ending, super un-Hollywood-esque. I'm not going to say what the ending is, but it's not what you expect. There's some twists. And to me, that's what cements it as a horror classic. It's not predictable. It's a fun movie. Good characters. Well-written. Uh, yeah, that's Krampus, 2015. Okay, right on. As soon as you said horror, I had a feeling that's where you were going. But then you also said it was a newer one. So I'm like, right, I'm pretty sure this is what that is. So no, good pick. I haven't seen it. Obviously, I've heard of it. I know that it's pretty well loved by in the horror community, so maybe one to throw on this month there while it's uh, the season. Man, maybe to get cozy and get a little scared, a little jump scare under the covers, who knows. But okay, um, that's a good call. I'll check that one out. Nice pick. My next one, complete opposite of a horror. Well, I mean, you're saying that there is some comedy in this one, so this one's a full-blown comedy, and it's one that... You might be thinking after the first few movies that I've had, like that this one's kind of out of left field in that I've only seen it the one time, but I remember enjoying it quite a bit. And if anyone hasn't seen, it, I would recommend for a good laugh in the Christmas season rated R it's called the night before starring, mm-hmm. um, I got Seth Rogen. You got Anthony Mackie and Joseph Gordon Levitt as the, uh, the trio leads and they're, um, from this is why I'm saying that this might be seen as a stretch and that I can hardly describe what happens in this movie, but it was hilarious. Like it caught me off guard and how funny it was. There's a couple of scenes like with Seth Rogen, like he tries to incorporate a lot of his personality in his movies, like his love of rap, for example, and uh, just stoner culture. So there's a lot of that intertwined in there and a lot of very memorable scenes. If you've seen the movie, you'll know which ones I'm referring to without spoiling anything there. And even Anthony Mackie has a pretty wild scene in the movie with, I want to say, the girl who plays, oh my god, I forget her name, but she's in Game of Thrones, and she's one of the the, the two siblings who help guide Bran beyond the wall. I'm pretty sure it was her anyway, unless I'm completely mistaken. But very funny stuff in that movie. Strong recommend. It's like three old friends. I'm pretty sure three high school friends or whatever who always go hard the night before Christmas. And then maybe one of them's like not really at that same place in his life now. Like he has a kid or something. Maybe it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He just looks like that kind of guy out of the three of them that would be him. I don't really know. But there's some really good stuff in there. It's on Netflix. Check it out the night before. Have you seen it, Matt? I have and I really like it. Um... I think Seth Rogen's like freaking hilarious. And at the church scene where he has like his Jew shirt on his sweater and he's like on mushroom, he's on drugs or something. That whole scene is gold. Love the premise of the movie of trying to find this party, I believe. 
There's even a Michael Shannon like cameo. Like Michael Shannon's hilarious in the movie. Um, I've only seen it once. I remember it ripped by hilarious. Didn't even think about it for this. I'll be honest, went under under the radar for me. Good, good. Uh, that's a good picker. That's a hidden gem in my opinion right there. Comedy gold. It's funny. It's a movie that not a lot of people talk about. I bet you this movie picks up momentum down the road and will be like one of those rated R Christmas comedies because there's more than we think out there. But yeah, good pick, Eric. Solid. Thank you. So now probably the most, most off the board pick so far. And if you want to debate it and say it's not a Christmas movie, I'm all ears, Matt. But I would mm. hear pick <laughs> Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone what are your thoughts on me taking that <laughs> at this point in the game? <laughs> That's, I mean, I don't think it's a Christmas movie at all. I think the Christmas stuff in the first movie, though, is great. Like, there's some really good Christmas stuff in there. But, like, I think if you add that to your, you can keep it if you want. But I don't think, like, it strengthens your list, in my opinion, because it's not a Christmas movie. So you can switch it out if you like or keep it in. It's a phenomenal, let's let's be real, phenomenal movie though. The first movie is actually, this is a movie that gets better every time you watch it. Because it's always looked at as one of the worst Harry Potter movies. I, I disagree. It introduces everything perfectly. It's not boring at all. But yeah, what do you think, Eric? So, you keeping it? And I'll also say that for me, it's more of a fall movie. But I do know that people love watching the Harry Potter movies during Christmas. So there is some sort of association that people make in during the winter months that, Hey, I want to rip the Harry Potter movies and it, where does it start? Philosopher's stone. I think that we definitely get away from the Christmas theme or season as we progress through the movies, like as it gets a little darker, if you will, but the philosopher's stone also bookends the ending of the saga in that, for a different reason and that introduces one of the three deathly hollows right off the rip and when does harry get that it is a 11th year old christmas party and that's probably the best gift anyone's ever gotten at christmas an invisibility cloak and that kind of sets our characters down a path that they probably never are able to go down without the gift that harry received from his santa claus aka dumbledore in the philosopher's stone and obviously, they, there's a little scene at Christmas. It's actually the first movie that, the first time in his life that Harry actually gets Christmas presents. It's He's true. not even really familiar with that holiday. He just knows it by name and not really by spirit. So the Weasleys are able to really get him into the Christmas spirit. More getting than giving, I want to say, in this one. But then going forward, Harry's then able to realize the importance of, okay... To, I've gotten a lot now, I have to give now. So I, I look at this movie as having really instilled the values of St. Nicholas in Harry Potter, the Philosopher's Stone. So, you know what, just for shits and gigs, let's keep it on the board here. Very contentious. Okay. Might lose me the, the draft, honestly. But I think it, it sparks some debate and controversy, conversation, all that we strive to do on the podcast here. I'm going to be helping your case right now because you've evoked some stuff in like, well, first of all, what you've said actually helps your defend your position that it's a Christmas movie. It was really good what you said. Also, I'm remembering reading the books. Christmas, they make every year, like Christmas is a big deal at Hogwarts. Some, some of the students go home, some of them stay. And there's a lot of like festive 
stuff in the in the Harry Potter world in terms of there's a lot of gift giving. Like I remember reading the books and that's like a thing where like giving each other gifts and like, oh, Harry's got to find a gift for Ron, for Hermione, for his friends. Like it's Christmas is never omitted in the books. It's always part of the school year and they make it a point. Do they show everything of that in the first movie? No, but there is a lot of Christmas in Harry Potter. You're not wrong. And what you said helps your case. Um, so yeah, no, keep it for sure. Isn't there like a white elephant Pardon me? Don't they have like a white elephant gift exchange in the fourth one where like the bow buttons yep. and derm strings are supposed to like exchange gifts? And that they strapped that from the movie, so that's a darn shame, but yeah. Yeah, Victor I believe Trump you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Books. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm okay. Like, you're saying Harry Potter 1, but like, if you. Harry Potter just like put the. Like, it's gonna cheat, but like, shove the whole franchise in that pick, and like, you got a stronger case. Well, yeah, Go- uh, Goblet of Fire was my next pick, so it works perfectly out for me then. But, <laughs> I'm just kidding. There you go. Let's just include, yeah, include all of them in the one. Just Harry Potter franchise. <laughs> you're not, you're not out of left field. Like there's some Christmas in there, so I don't mind it. Um, for my next one, I'm just gonna write that down. Okay, my number seven. Okay, this, <laughs> there's no way this movie should not be on my list. But there's something cheesy and. This is a rom-com, folks, first of all. And I've watched it since it's come out, like, since I was, like, I don't know, 12 or 13 with my parents. This movie really shouldn't work, okay? It's super mushy and cheesy. This is Love Actually, folks. This is the movie with the interconnecting stories and all great actors in the movie and actresses. This is the one where it all comes together at the end and every story is, like, connected by someone. But, like, you got, like, Hugh Grant, Emma Thomas, uh, Emma Thompson, sorry, um alan rickman I'm naming off harry potter actors now uh it's got colin firth uh you know all the act you know that everyone knows this movie uh love actually what i like about it is yes it's mush mushy but like to me it's like puts a smile on my face i do laugh a lot during the movie it's got the classic scene with rick from the walking dead like holding the the signs out to kira knightley you know declaring his love like all that stuff i don't know it hits home for me Maybe I love love that cheesy romance stuff deep down inside of me. The Hallmark, like I've always been told I'm a little Hallmarky sometimes. I like the romantic stuff. Um, definitely way more than my girlfriend. Um, but yeah, I, I actually really like Love Actually. It's not something I'll like admit or like announce to the world, but I guess I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. So what do you think of Love Actually, Eric? I've only heard good things. As again, I've not seen this movie but I feel like I would like it, honestly. Uh, Andy's seen it. She loves it and uh, thinks I would like it as well. And um, I'm sure I would, honestly. Like, I, I do like those kind of comedies. Like, rom-coms are underrated. I feel like they also get mislabeled in that, like, it's, I don't know, like, corny or what. And even if it is corny yeah. sometimes, like, you just, you're in, you you know what you're signing up for and you just go along for the ride. It's fun to watch. It's funny. And uh, at the end of yeah. the day, it's feel good. Sometimes there's predictable formulas in that everything's going well for the couple, the new couple or the two new lovebirds or whatever. And then there's a conflict at the end, like someone lied. The whole time we know like, oh, they should be telling them this. And then it finally comes out not how they would hope it does. And then in the last 15 minutes of the movie, there's the 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 mega proposal of uh, or, um, 
I don't know, reclamation project to get the, the girl or the guy back and always works out, but we're yeah. always, we always love it yeah. in the end. So I don't really know how it all plays out in love actually, but uh, definitely do want to see it at some point. Yeah. Like the biggest thing I like of the movie too, is the, I like movies with, in, I like movies with a big cast an ensemble cast. And then you jump around so much like, okay, we're following this character for five minutes. Now this one for five, now this one for 10. Now this, like it's super quick pace. And then when there's connections, it's even better. Movies like Magnolia or uh, there's, anyways, a lot of movies like that in the nineties and early two thousands, you know, everything is connected in the end. Anyways, my, uh, my next pick, I'm going the rated R comedy route now. And there's, my parents had no business letting me rent this movie when I was like 13 it's Bad Santa with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. This movie hit home with me because it was like the cool, like you were the coolest kid in school if you were like, yeah, I watched Bad Santa. Like, oh my God, how did you get a copy of it? It's like F-bomb every two minutes. This movie is one of a kind in my opinion. Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Bob makes the movie. You know, I don't know if everyone's seen it or not, but like he's, him and his buddy like basically rob the mall. They do the Santa Claus show every year. And like he's a, he's a scum. Billy Bob is like a skis ball in the movie, sleaze ball. Sorry, uh, deplorable. But like this is something I like. About, you feel bad for the loser, I guess. Um, and then like that kid in the movie is very annoying at first, but kind of grows on you. I mean, I've seen the movie so many times, but like everything Billy Bob tells to the kid just has me in a like in stitches. You know, I'm almost like fall off the couch type funny to me this movie is um john ritter and bernie mac are great trying to like un like unmask him trying to like figure out what, it, what what's up with this guy um to me bad santa all about that that super vulgar dialogue it's super memorable for that um and billy bob's performance honestly so that's bad santa have you seen it eric so watched it um years ago again had started it, watched like the first 25 minutes and shut her down because just weren't into it, honestly. And I wonder if the time at which you see it for the first time plays a factor in that. Like maybe if I'd seen it when I was younger and found it funnier, then I would have that attachment to it right away that makes me want to watch it every other time. Because for me, seeing it the first time, like I just found there was too much swearing and it mm. was kind of normalizing it and taking away from like when you hear like for example in christmas vacation you get one f-bomb but it hits because of the the scarcity mm -hmm. of it and like it truly punches because you only have the one whereas when you have an f-bomb like every second word like in peacemaker for example where that's literally the like the the quickest quick reply that these all these characters have when they're talking to to somebody is throwing a an f-bomb in there it just isn't funny at a certain point at a certain point. I feel like that's kind of what was going on in bad Santa, just abuse of uh, vulgar language. And like I said, I love, I love swearing and comedy. I find it, it can be effective, but in this, it was just too much and was never really interested in it to start. So didn't even see like the kid didn't even get to the kid or maybe we didn't stop very early. So I think missed the probably the better stuff and probably even the funnier moments in the movie. But it's just, um, and again, I fall into this trap sometimes of not being hooked in a movie and wanting to stop watching it right away. Like I watched mm -hmm. a movie um, a week ago now, Bottoms. It's on Prime Video, definitely recommend. And 15 minutes in, I was like, all right, not into this at all. This is not funny. 
I'd heard it was good, but just wasn't feeling it. But powered through and ended up being a great movie. So it depends on the situation, but for that that day, anyways, um, Bad Santa just wasn't really it for for Andy and I. So that'd be my take on it. I know it's a con- like I feel like it's a minority opinion. Almost people love it, but that was just it for. But a hundred percent, when I saw the movie, played a huge part. Cause like watching the movie, I'm thinking of me as a young teenager, and like nostalgia does. Nostalgia plays a part in all the movies on my list, and every, yeah. So it, I can't help it. So yeah. No, that's. Then totally you got number, yeah. Um. Okay. Now, like we're. I'm not going to go with another Harry Potter style movie. So I'm actually going to go with kind of a new age movie and a shorter one at that in the uh, a cinematic universe that I truly love. That's been in a rocky road the last few years. So that would be oh. the gardens of the galaxy holiday special. So okay. maybe a, again, a reach could have maybe got this as my last pick again, only saw it the one time, but quite enjoyed it. I found that it had good, cheer good values and we're seeing different we're following now mostly drax and mantis in um like mantis mm-hmm. is holding on to this new information that she knows that she's um peter's sister isn't sure how he's gonna take it wants to give him the best christmas present ever so gets him kevin bacon from earth to which he's perplexed, like, what are you doing? You can't kidnap someone for Christmas. I want to rewatch it, honestly. It just dropped last year, but I found it was super enjoyable and a nice bridge also in between, I think, Thor or Endgame and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So some important stuff in terms of character development and seeing where everyone's at in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And um, yeah, just a lot of funny moments too, like Drax and Mantis in the clubs in Hollywood just partying like getting hammered, not something you'd expect to see ever in a Marvel movie, especially with those two characters. So James Gunn did a great job in getting us two unlikely characters together for this long of a stretch in a movie. So Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. What are your thoughts on that one, Matt? I completely forgot about this holiday special. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. I remember watching it with my mom and it builds so much character development with Drax and Mantis that like it enhanced my experience of Guardians 3 like watching the holiday special before you get more of the characters we know and love and the whole Kevin Bacon plot lines hilarious too so like big fan of it honestly didn't even think of it for the list Eric so you kind of snuck that by me but in the best way possible like you locked it in and you really surprised me actually so good job all right, well, are you ready for this pick now? This is probably going to surprise you even more. I've talked about this movie on the pod as well. I've seen it just the one time. Again, this might be just diversifying the reach that I have with my list here. But I truly enjoy this movie. I thought it was really good. And based on what I'm seeing online, this definitely this does qualify as a Christmas movie. But I would say 2019's Greta Gerwig's Little Women would be my ninth round Ooh. pick. Love it. Great movie, honestly. Really, not introduction to Florence Pugh, but movie that I was probably a a really big fan of her her character. I know she's meant to be annoying, but definitely has, again, a lot of appeal to her in in the character that she plays. And just, I think a lot of her personality shines through in like all of her portrayals that she does in her movies. But I was like a big fan of her in that. It was the first time I saw 
Saoirse Ronan in a movie as well. Mm. She was dynamite in there as well. And Emma Watson. So just to bring it back to Harry Potter again, that's two for two for her for classic Christmas movies now. And um, Timothy Chalamet in there. Great, interesting character and dynamic that he has with Saoirse Ronan and uh, Florence Pugh. So Amy and Laurie. Or he's Laurie. She's Amy and Meg, I think. I forget. But anyway, I've seen this movie one time. But Little Women, a lot of the movie does um, take place during Christmas. You got the, f- there's a big, there's a big Christmas um, scene in there that happens anyway, in terms of the family dynamic that changes a little mm. bit uh, on Christmas. Very touching moment and emotional, a lot of emotional moments in there too, right? Like with the war times and um, getting some sad news at Christmas, some good news at Christmas. So I do feel like big moments tend to happen around the holidays. It spans many years, though. Like, you get a lot of time jumps in this movie as well. So, I love the way the story is told. You're starting off in the present or in the future. I guess I think the present, then you come back to the past and slowly build your way back up there. So, great movie. I'm pretty sure you've seen it, Matt. Uh, thoughts on Little Women? Yeah, I saw it at the theater and I really liked it. Went in with zero knowledge of this story. I know it's a book and it's been remade like it's been done before i really liked it because of the young actresses you know emma watson saoirse ronan and uh florence Pugh. like first of all saoirse ronan has been killing the game since she was a teenager like she's been in movies since then and when we look back on her career like she's gonna have an amazing career because she already has one and she's like barely 30 years old i'm thinking of like she's in a movie called Lady Bird with directed by greta gerwig with timothy chalamet again She's great in that movie, Lady Bird. High recommendation for that. Anyways, enough about yeah, enough about her. Uh, it's a really good movie, good period piece. I never thought it'd be on your list, Eric. Again, you surprised me. This is even more surprising than Guardians of the Galaxy because I don't think of Little Woman as a Christmas movie, but now that you explained it, I can see that. So, very good pick. I'm curious to see what your last pick's going to be now. Probably going to go tradition um, we'll, for the last one. but We're well, going to... We'll get to that after my picks. Um, honestly, I have a lot that I want to cram in my last two picks, but sadly I can't. I only have two, so I'm not gonna admit, I'm not gonna have any more horror films because I had a bunch of Christmas horror. But we're gonna go non. Uh, we're gonna go uh, more straightforward. We're gonna go with more of a newer movie. I didn't check when it came out, but it's definitely in the last five years. It premiered on Netflix. It's it's an animated movie, and it's called Klaus yep. with a K. Um, I've seen this movie three times now. It's really good about like a postman, a mailman who gets sent to the great North to like a job nobody wants. Like he's an entitled, spoiled, like his dad is the head of the postman in one of the sectors and he's very silver spoon, like fed with the silver spoon and voiced by Jason Schwartzman who does a great job. Goes up there, the villagers hate each other. There's like two different sides, two different factions and families in the village. So we kind of like, he starts a new life there and he, he starts changing the lives of the people around him. And then uh, Santa in the movie is, well, not Santa, but the guy who starts building toys. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a spoiler. I mean, it's not a spoiler at all, but um, J.K. Simmons does the voice of the Santa figure in the movie and he's great and he's got a lot of remorse and shit that's happened in his life and their interactions are amazing. Anyways, I think it's a great movie 
in the last 10 minutes are magical. So that's Klaus. Have you seen it, Eric? Yeah, I mean, great movie. I'm regretting not taking it. It was on my list, honestly. I, I should have taken Little Women. What am I doing here? Should have taken Klaus and yeah. Little Women <laughs> the last round, but uh, <laughs> tried to get fancy. You know, I didn't think at first. I don't know. I didn't think you would take Klaus. I was definitely looking at that as my last pick as well. Or just like I said, it was on my board. Love that movie. Only seen it the one time, and just hearing you talk about it makes me want to rewatch it. Honestly fantastic movie i think it mm-hmm. won awards as well like very highly rated movie strong recommend yeah. netflix a ridge they swing and mm-hmm. a miss quite often see uh, oh yeah they do i don't know there's a bunch of those bad santa movies pun intended out there and um ben klaus is not one of them great pick that, that's value in the ninth round yeah, I remember when it came out, there was a lot of like positive reviews and you're like, holy shit, okay, you got to check it out. Um, okay, my last pick. This might have won you the draft. The, the last pick, I don't know, maybe people don't like this. I like this movie. I don't know what people's opinion of this movie is. You didn't think Tim Allen would be back, but he's back. No. This is... No. <laughs> I'm picking it Christmas with the cranks. Oh my god. Me saying you won the draft, you might have just lost it with that one. I I highly disagree. You know why? I was on the same side as you when I first saw this movie. I wasn't a big fan. I thought it was long and boring. As an adult rewatching Christmas with the cranks, I freaking love Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. I can relate to them. Like him not wanting to do any Christmas stuff and just going on vacation. Like, I feel like that some days, like I can totally relate with them. Um, I just like the premise and the fact that like the rushing at the end to give the daughter the per- perfect Christmas. Cause at the end of the day, that's what they care most about is like doing things for their daughter. But yeah, to me it's, it's, it gets funnier the more you watch it, Eric. And the jokes are more relatable when you're older. Like I watched it as a kid and I thought it was terrible. I love it now. Um, Tim Allen, he's a comedy genius. He's hilarious. And Jamie Lee Curtis, I love her. Um, yeah, Eric, I don't know. How many times have you seen the movie? Like, you got to give it another shot, I think. Okay. So that's the thing. Only seen it the one time. So when did that drop? Like 2006 or something? I want to say. Yeah, five or six. So we rented yeah. it at Rogers, watched it as a family. None of us <laughs> liked it. Like, my parents were not a fan either. So maybe it's like my a thing with my family. We weren't a fan, but... I don't know. I'll have to maybe give it another shot. But, I, like, the only scene I can vividly remember in that movie was the Botox scene. Like, he gets Botox. <laughs> and Anyways, but even at that, I don't even remember what happens. And now, you saying it's Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought it was Christina Applegate that's in this movie. So, maybe I'm, I'm just getting completely mixed up here. And I'm maybe thinking of just another Christmas movie, I guess. But, yeah, no. Uh, poor memory. <laughs> literally on this movie okay. and um, i don't really look back on it fondly but maybe you're saying it's better served upon uh, microwave reheated the next day second viewing so we'll see um see if it pops up somewhere down the line interesting pick very contrasting on you. with klaus right it's uh yeah yeah no, the movie grows on you weird yeah. Okay, good stuff. So, solid list, Matt. I'll go now. Last pick for me. Like I said, I would have loved to add Klaus to this roster, but I'll probably go like a similar, in a similar vein. 
in the animated realm. So I'll go back to, to grassroots here. And gonna go with uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, mm. actually. So, again, old school. This is like kind of some claymation action we got going on here. Different animation style. Big fan of it. Is this the movie with the um, abominable snowman? Is my question. <laughs> I, so. I can't remember. I can't remember. Just blindly making pics you don't know what I'm taking. Um, I think so, though. That would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, Rudolph, it's just, it's kind of a tragic story, honestly, just about yeah. bullying and because not fitting in because you're a bit different and immediately being turned to like an undesirable other. So very sad and unfortunately relatable in a lot of instances where we'll see people who are not really inclusive of others and at the end of the day, like if we do give people who are maybe a bit different than us a chance, they can shine brightest or the brightest of us all. And that's just maybe out of the, the larger group's own insecurities that someone's not the same as them. They're like, Oh, what if we give this person the time of day, it would mess up the dynamic and like comfort that we all have. So I don't know. Like a lot of this, I'm just making up off the top of my head here, but I feel like it fits. So I think Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, there's a beautiful story in there. And like I said, it's sad. And there might be an abominable snowman in there that used to terrify me when I was a kid. So uh, I'm going to close it off with that. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in the 10th round. Lock it in. I probably have not watched it in like 25 years. I mean, we had the VHS of this. And I used to watch it when I was a kid and really liked it. The universal message of like, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. You know, like it's got all that stuff yep. there. And what you said was good, Eric. It did work. Oh, yeah. Even if it was off the top of the dome, it doesn't matter. It worked. Um, yeah, good pick. It's a classic. That and Frosty the Snowman. Like those were on, those were the back-to-back on the VHS. Yep. So it was good in pick. Between, it was in between those two. But yeah, I remember like the... They either on the, like you said, on the VHS or on TV, you know, you're sitting down yeah. on the couch, you're watching one, you're watching the next, just super glue yourself on that, on the recliner and uh, let the good times roll. So great <laughs> list overall, do a rundown of all of our picks. So I took Home Alone, Santa Claus, Die Hard, Santa Claus 2, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, The Night Before. All of the Harry Potter movies, but specifically Philosopher's Stone, <laughs> um, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Little Women, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So, Matt, you got The Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Elf, Home Alone 2, It's a Wonderful Life, Scrooged, Krumpus, Love Actually, Bad Santa, Klaus, and... Christmas of the Cranks. So I think honestly, upon first glance, I would say you have a stronger list than mine. You got a lot of variety in there and no real weak links, except like I said, in my opinion, personal take bad Santa and Christmas of the Cranks, not a fan of either, but I haven't seen Krampus and I have there's a bunch of these movies I haven't seen, but I know they're well liked and they, that's going to be a good mass yeah. appeal. I took a, quite a few risky picks here. Holiday special. Guardians of the Galaxy. What am I doing? <laughs> Let, let's be honest here. Like, Klaus, 
should honestly be in the top four. Like in terms of quality, Klaus belongs like up there. Like I didn't even know if you would have had that movie. Like I, I wasn't sure where to put Klaus. Like it, it will be a classic. It's that good, guys. Like you need to watch it if you haven't. So I think having that in the ninth spot was like the steal of the century. But I didn't even know if you had seen it or, um, yeah, Klaus is solid. Yep, agreed. It's like drafting Tage Thompson in the seventh round in a fantasy <laughs> hockey league, right? Shout out Big Al. But uh, yeah, right. Great, great pick. So we did get quite a few listener submissions on pose the poll of what is the definitive best Christmas movie out there. So the votes came in hot. So the options presented were Elf, Home Alone, Christmas Vacation, and then The Santa Claus, Die Hard, or Other. You only get the option to put four. So I put those okay. two to start, or two to start, and then Other. So Elf garnered thirty-eight percent of the votes. Wow. Home Alone got 19%. Christmas Vacation got 6%. And then that other category got 38% as well. So in between the... Now, and most people who chose other did actually submit via direct message what their nice. specific movie was. So Elf ultimately was the one that got the most votes because the other was diluted between different movies. So I'll just read what the people who submitted other, what they said. So my cousin Dylan, our last, actually, this is hilarious. I'm starting off with him. So our last guest, Dylan Desham, his was Christmas with the cranks. (laughs) So that was his pick. Awesome. Dylan knows what's up. He said it's underrated, but elf is also a go-to. So that's maybe another vote for elf in there. Sweet. So then former guest Kilsen Ud also said Christmas shoes. Never heard of this movie. Said it's really sad mm. but super cute. Have you heard of this Matt Christmas nope. shoes? Never heard of it. Okay. The homie Jeff Lavoie, coworker of mine, he said I love Elf but I have to go with the first Santa Claus. Classic movie, great pick. Solid. Jeff. Next one was from our, uh, my, again, Dylan's brother, also my cousin, Dan Deschamps, former guest as well. He said, bad Santa for sure. So the two picks of yours that I disliked, my two cousins <laughs> love. That's their favorite. So you guys are all on the same page here, Matt. Nice. Next was from the homie Sabrina. She said, elf, no question. And then in order, home alone, Love Actually, and the new animated Grinch. So I guess the Benedict Cumberbatch Mm. one. And then The Holiday. So specifically in that order. And then my mom submitted Home Alone, but also voted for Elf. So it was tough to decide between the two. Kind of like me with taking the first overall pick. So on the same page there, I went with Home Alone ultimately. So yeah, those were the uh, people who submitted answers directly. And then like, could list off all the people who voted, but we'd be here all night. So thank you everybody for the submissions and participating in the poll. Always love that. So yeah, no great uh, draft Matt. I mean, Christmas season is in full effect. I do want to recommend, I haven't yeah. seen this yet, but what also kind of spawned the idea of a Christmas movie draft is that there's a new age. What's being revered as a classic out in theaters right now. It's called the holdovers. 
So it's a Christmas movie mm. starring Paul Giamatti. So apparently this is very good. If you have a chance to go see it in theaters, definitely recommend. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to try to get some time uh, to uh, sneak out to the theater and check that one out. Have you seen it, Matt? I have not. I'm a big fan of the director, though, Alexander Payne. He's had some misses, but his highs are very high, like the movie Election with Reese Witherspoon, the movie Sideways with Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church. Hilarious. And he's had like some heavy hitters and he's had some misses, but even his misses are well made. And if I'm if the buzz is real, then yeah, I'm expecting one of his highs again. So I'm excited. So yeah, that'd be it, I guess, for the Christmas segment of this episode. So the lengthy majority of our episode. Do you want to get into some random recommendations, Matt? Yeah, I have a couple movies. Uh, I'll just start it off with on Disney Plus, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Nice. I did not like the fourth Indiana Jones movie. I thought it was garbage. I've only seen it the one time. This movie was a step. This movie was a like back to the old stuff, like the old good stuff of Indiana Jones. I really enjoyed it. Yes, there's some really stupid fake ass like plot holes and you got to like believe all this like the fantasy elements in the movie and an 80 year old man doing all this stuff too but you know what who cares it's harrison ford this movie was fun as hell and i was not bored even though it's an hour like two hours and 40 minutes cool historical angle too in the movie my only critique is the de-aging they did on harrison ford for some of the movie it was very noticeable in my opinion it looked like a video game but my mom had no idea it was digital de-aging so like maybe it did work um, like she said, it looked good. So, uh, super fun adventure movie. Moz Mickelson, great bad guy. Always has been, always will. Um, fun movie, Eric. Have you seen it? So I actually started it the other day. I watched like the first 50 minutes. I, it was a bit late. I actually just watched The Santa Claus before. So mm. was pushing it and starting another movie there, especially one of that length, like you said. Mm-hmm. But no, I was really into it from what I saw. So I think where I cut off was around... Like there's the the subway horse chase scene is kind of where ah. I stopped watching. Yeah. A bit ridiculous at times. Let's be honest here, folks. Oh, yeah. But you know what? You just, you know what you're signing up for. And um, I like the Indiana Jones franchise. I think it's a cool world of having like an archaeologist. And like you said, the historical stuff in there and the fantastical that they have too. So it's, it's really good stuff. I'm going to finish it tonight, actually. So I'm looking forward nice. to finishing that up and seeing what my take of it at the end is. I didn't hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when I saw it in theaters, but then I, I've seen it a few times since then, and really not that great. It um, didn't age well, and yeah, rightfully so, is listed as like one of the worst of that franchise <laughs> by far. Yeah. That's when Shia LaBeouf was just like on his run and like looked like he was the promised yeah. son of Hollywood and just popping up everywhere and then just lost it yeah. all. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, good, good recommendation, Matt. I like it. Um, movies for me, I am getting back in the movie game. Like there's quite a few that I have on my radar to go see in theaters. Like I said, the holdovers would be a, a blind recommendation. I talked about bottoms earlier in the episode. That's another 2023 movie comedy on prime video. Really funny stuff. It's, um, how I describe it as like a, they make outright references to it in the movie. It's like a fight club, but all female led. It's really different. Like it's high school as well. So it's a, um, coming of age, I guess, flip on girls wanting to empower themselves through a fight club and 
to um to create some solidarity among themselves within the school that's really driven by like the football stars run the show at the school. So there's a lot more to it than that there. There's like <laughs> there's a lot of like just classic high school stuff in there as well. So I don't want to give too much away, but it was a really funny movie actually. Definitely recommend. What I want to recommend though is something that I for me, it just appeared out of nowhere that this movie had was getting a bit of hype. Definitely different, but strong, strong recommend. It's a Japanese movie called Godzilla Minus One. If you've heard of this movie, you know that it's getting really good reviews. It's Godzilla, right? Like, it's in the title. It's a monster movie. But like I said, it's a foreign film. It's all in Japanese. There's subtitles. I actually missioned it out to Canada to go see it because it wasn't playing in theaters in Orleans. I went alone. And um, very, very, very good movie. So it's not like these monster movies that you see made by the American studios where you're rooting for Godzilla. Where there's like another monster and... It's oh Godzilla take take down Mothra take down uh, King Ghidra or whatever his name is. This is like no Godzilla is a bad dude. You're not a fan of Godzilla in this movie. It's the humans are fighting for their lives against this creature mm-hmm. and like I saw you read my review on Letterbox Matt. Like there's some jaw dropping moments in this movie and it's rated PG thirteen too. So the, the amount of fear they're able to instill in you as an audience member about Godzilla in that like PG-13 realm, which I have been critical about in the past, really impressive. Mm-hmm. And it just made me want to watch more like foreign movies, honestly. Like the way it's filmed is so different. It just has, I can't even describe it. It just feels different when it's, I don't know, a different uh, different country behind the, behind the wheel. So it's playing in a lot more theaters. They just increased... Um, the availability of this movie to 2,500 extra theaters in North wow. America. So that's just based on the reception it's getting. And it's doing really well, like at the box office too, like numbers wise. So I would say, I would go as far as to say absolute must see in theaters. If you end up seeing this movie down wow. the line at home, I'm sure it'll hit. I'm looking forward to watching it again, but in theaters, that was, it was an experience. So strong recommend. Wow. Might have to take my mother to it. Cause we both love, I mean, we're both big movie lovers, but I honestly hadn't heard about it until you messaged me to ask me to go see it with you, Eric. And when I read your review, I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> like, that was, that was not the movie to miss because it was amazing. Um, J- J- Japan has been making amazing movies for like over 100 years. Like, they're, they're an amazing film industry. I love Japanese movies. Three four year three, four years ago, they made a Godzilla movie called Shin Godzilla, and it was all political and more about like the repercussions and the humanistic side of things and the political there's a lot of political stuff in there critiques on japan critiques on the u.s critiques on how people handle situations and it was a freaking amazing movie and i've heard that this movie here godzilla minus one is even better than that last shin godzilla movie so i'm super pumped to watch it i read your review i can't wait to watch it i love japanese films and they put out quality product um yeah, I'm very excited to watch the movie. Eric didn't even know it wasn't even on my radar till you brought it up in that text message, and I've been reading nothing but praise for it. It's super highly rated. So, yeah, thanks for doing like, thanks for going out there watching and reporting it to the masses, yeah. praising it. Yeah, no, I've yeah. been talking about it to a lot of people, which I feel like they're fed up with hearing me talk about Godzilla minus one. So, 
I, uh, guaranteed not the last time I'll bring it up on the pod, but after that, I'll stop. So go see it ah, in theaters, okay. like I said. Um, but yeah, no, so you've seen Shin Godzilla. Okay, I was wondering, do yeah. you have it actually? Like, I, lo- I would love to see it if you somehow... Uh, I'll, I'll take a look i might have it i'm not i don't remember if i own it honestly i'll go look at my parents place most of my movies are there i might i might own it if or i'll ha- try to find like some yeah i'll lend it to you okay if you have any yeah. japanese movies like now this has just made me want to oh. see more and obviously like i've watched anime stuff this year so i have been very into like their content over the anime medium and now in a live action me- movie so if you have any yeah. like strong recommends especially that you have i would definitely take them for a spin okay. in the old Blu-ray box. So anyone out there who has some foreign film recommendations, I know you've passed me some in the past, Matt. So um, now I'm really more into it again. So let me know. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Japan and South Korea are just slaying it with quality of movies in the last 20 years, uh, longer than that. So uh, I'll take a look at what I got, Eric. Okay. Um, I got one more movie to talk about and that's it. This is a very hard mo- hard movie to watch, kind of upsetting, but I kind of liked it at the same time. This is the Netflix, maybe original, yeah, the Netflix original, May, December, starring Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Now, the reason I watched this movie is the director, Todd Haynes, has made three amazing movies, in my opinion, two of them with Julianne Moore, a movie called Safe from 1995, a movie called Far From Heaven from 2004, and then he made a movie with Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara called Carol in like 2015, maybe. Those three movies to me are like masterpieces. I love them. So I had to check out his new movie, uh, May, December. Super hard subject matter in the movie. I'm just warning people. Like, I'm never going to rewatch this movie again, even though I really liked it. Um, just the themes in the movie and what the subject matter is. I'm not going to say what it is on the podcast. You can read up on it. But like, it's very taboo subject and it's kind of icky. Um, and Natalie Portman's great in the movie, phenomenal. She like keeps you interested. Uh, she's like the main person you're following. She's a, basically make Natalie Portman's a famous actress in the movie, and she's going to be playing Julianne Moore, who's had a huge tragic thing happen in her life, or tragic or more like shocking thing happen. And it's just a dark drama and a character driven drama. Not a fast paced movie. Not super action oriented at all. I really liked it though. It was super quiet and like thought-provoking i kind of wanted to see a little bit more i think i only gave it three and a half stars on letterbox but like it was really good like it makes you think and it's upsetting but like in a compelling way where you just have to keep watching so that's may december really enjoyed it yeah i've seen a few people be reviewing it lately on letterbox there so it's been on the the in the queue i guess if you will um okay so then i had no idea like what the like the tone of the movie was i just saw like the the poster for it i'm like all right natalie portman julianne moore okay it looks like a fun time maybe who knows but it does not yeah. sound like that <laughs> is the case but all right no good stuff um movie for me i think that's pretty much it i fired off the the recommendations i um there's like i said there's a few others i want to see like i want to see the new hunger games movie mm. um the songbird and the uh the snake i want to say ballad of the songbird snake speaking of bird related movies the boy and the heron also on my radar to see that soon so we'll report back at some point 
Again, I'm on my next book now. I'm reading The Alchemist, actually, by Paolo Coelho, which mm. is a pretty famous book. The journey the character goes on is really interesting, like his growth and seeing new things in the world and um, meeting new people opens his eyes to like, different religions and ideologies for mm. how one can value success in life. So a lot of good uh, life lessons in that movie. And even the author said like that he loves rereading his own book and that mm. in different points in his life, he picks up on different things that he wrote about 35 years ago. And that like, wow, like I didn't even see how, when I wrote this, it would mean this at this point where I'm at now, like with kids and stuff. And like, just, yeah, I know obviously when you have kids and stuff, it changed their perception on life, but it is interesting to see like an author talk about their own work in that way and how impactful it is. And I know that it's a, a book that a lot of people cite as like, oh, it changed my life and uh, mm-hmm. it's my favorite book. So I'm glad I got a hold of it on the, in the library. So definitely recommend Al- The Alchemist. Yeah, this book has legendary status. I'd say like it's ultra oh, yeah. famous and I'm glad it's not another crimes and punishment situation <laughs> where this one lived up to the hype. So that's awesome, Eric. It's a short book. It's like under 200 pages which in oh. some cases can be too short. But in this case, yeah. I'm finding like the story moves along quickly. There's a lot of time jumps too, but done in a, a way that's not like House of the Dragon style where like chapter to chapter, we're like, okay, now it's 15 years down the line or whatever. So right. I'm, I'm enjoying how they're telling the story in this one, following the, the shepherd. Sweet. So it's good stuff. That would be all I have to recommend. I don't really have much else on the plate to share. Yeah, I got nothing else. Okay. So um, this is going to be our last episode for the year. Just going to let the listeners know that we will not be releasing an episode on Christmas Day, as would be the schedule. So um, this is our Merry Christmas in advance. Figured it was seasonally correct to do our Christmas movie episode. Do you have time to hear our picks and maybe throw on a Christmas with the Cranks, a Klaus, a Little Women, a um, any of the others, you know? So we, um, yeah, but we have a lot of stuff lined up for the 2024 season. So episode 126, which we'll figure out what order we want to drop, like our top tens of 2023. So TV show, rap albums and movies, which I actually don't hate that order to be honest, but we'll see what we want to do. And then, um, see if we can have some guests Mm. for a few of those as well. Yeah. Um, Normally tend to link up with Brandon for hip hop episodes. So we'll see if he's available for that as well and um yeah for some diversity in movies and tv shows it might be fun to have someone else in there too so oh for sure yeah i mean that would be all i would have to announce in terms of what's coming up and then uh, yeah for the year so big thanks to everyone who's listened along this year um love hearing from the people and i hope you all have a fantastic holiday season so matt great episode as per usual any final notes for the listeners Yeah, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to everyone who submitted a movie for the Christmas, uh, for this episode. Um, And Merry Christmas to everyone. Hope you're having time off work right now, like in the coming days, in the coming weeks. And uh, enjoy your holidays. And look, I'm really looking forward to the episodes in January, the top 10 list. So look forward to that, guys. Yep. Well said, Matt. So yeah, like I said earlier, thanks a lot, everybody, for everything this year. Always appreciate the feedback, the, the listens, the comments the sharing to the new listeners, old listeners. Appreciate you all. Love you all. Hope you all have an amazing winter break. And uh, yeah, peace.